0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 43 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels from Sandusky, Ohio and I'm glad that you're listening. I have a few stories that I wanted to dive into from this past weekend and then get into the tips for next week, which we've got a normal week. We've got games beginning on Friday evening this week. No more frenzy. So we get to slow down a little bit, catch our breath. What wonder what you thought about the footy frenzy. Did you like the idea of having games being played on Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays for several weeks straight, where you knew if you, when you got home or you were home, depending on where you happened to be, that in the evening you were going to be able to turn on the television and there was going to be a game there for you? I kind of liked it. It was a really great distraction for for me as far as you know these last uh, couple of weeks before we head back to school which we actually go back this uh, coming Friday is my first day back at school. So I'm excited to get there. It's going to be nice to actually uh, turn on the television in my classroom on Friday morning before the day begins and watch a little bit of footy in my classroom for the first time since, uh, well, since last year, since we really didn't get much of an opportunity to do that before the school closed down. But like I said, I had three stories I wanted to dive into this week and uh, then get into my Tips for this week, which I think I'm maybe getting a little bit better with those, but uh, we'll get into that in just a moment here. A couple of weeks ago, you know, two games, two wins against clubs that are sitting above them in the ladder, and when the uh, the fixture for the Footy Frenzy was released, and we looked at rounds 11 and 12, they jumped off the page for most cat supporters. They saw that they were going to be facing. two of the the top three or four teams in the competition at that point in time in the span of basically four days. And I have to admit, as a Cat supporter, I was going to be thrilled if they came out of that with a split. You know, they had the Saints, and they had the power they were facing. So I was thinking, you know what, if we get one of those two games, that's going to be fantastic because that's a really short period of time. Well, you saw what happened. The Cat stepped up. And they knocked off the Saints pretty handily. And then they shut down Charlie Dixon. And Tom Hawkins uh, jumped into control at the moment of the uh, the Coleman medal. And uh, they they thumped the power this past week. Now, I, I had tipped the Cats to win that game, but I didn't think it was going to be by nearly as wide of a margin. And I have to say, you know, I was impressed. And I, I'm not trying to come off sounding like a, a cocky cat supporter, but I think you you have to be somewhat impressed with what they had done because they had uh, they had done that. You know, they had taken on the, I think at the time, the number three and then the number one teams on the ladder. And they did it in the span of four or five days and beat both of them. So that was a pretty impressive feat on their part. They have a game this week that is a... Uh, one on paper that that they should win handily but again you have to play the games in person so let's see if they keep the uh their foot on the gas pedal on the accelerator and keep moving forwards but you know they've got five more games to go in the fixture but you know this puts them i think at number three on the ladder at this point in time and it, it's got them in prime position maybe they win their first premiership in nine years well let me know what you think do you think the cats have a shot a legitimate shot at the flag this year and you know who do you think your top four teams would be? You know, let me know, shoot me a note on uh Twitter, put something on Instagram for me. That'd be great. You can send me an email. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on that and who you think the top four are going to be again. I'm cautiously optimistic about the cats. You know, we have been, and I say we, and, and I, I still say that being a supporter, but again, I've never seen a game in person. I've never been to Geelong before, but it's, uh, I, I feel, you know, having talked to so many different cat supporters online and interacted with them over the last several years, I feel kind of comfortable saying we, because the cat supporters have, have, have welcomed me at least into the digital realm, if you will, with open arms. And I, I tell this to, uh, you know, Americans who are discovering the game and I'll, and I'll see their posts on Twitter. Where they're talking about what well, what what club should I support, and you know there are, there are all sorts of people that will chime in and say, well support my club, support my club, and that's all fine and dandy. But I I I guess have I have an ulterior motive, um, where I'll tell them I said, well I can't tell you who to support, but if you go back and listen to the first episode of my podcast, it kind of outlines and traces the the route that I took to end up being a cat supporter. So. And again, if you've recently got onto the, uh, the podcast and you haven't listened to episode one, that'll explain to you how I, uh, how I came up to be a cat supporter. And the second episode is one where I believe I looked at, yeah, I know I did. I looked at the, uh, the relationship in a normal year between the players in the AFL and the fans and the players and fans in sports here in the United States. Cause I think there's a stark difference between the two. I think it's a tremendous difference. Again, in a normal season, we are not in a normal season. We've got the hub go, hubs going on right now, so this is a lot different than uh, than what we're normally accustomed to seeing. So yeah, I was thrilled the Cats have played well the last couple of weeks. They've got they've got a tough end of the season. They still have uh, they still have the Bulldogs, they still have the Tigers. They play the Swans yet. I think... Oh, I can't remember who the fifth game is. They've got Adelaide, of course, and I'm drawing a blank on who the fifth game is right now that they're having to play. I'm think I'm thinking it was Essendon, but I I could be wrong on that. But uh, yeah, they've got they've got a, a tough a tough road to get to the uh, end of the season, and, and hopefully hopefully they can stay in the top four. We shall see what happens. All right. Now, the next story I wanted to dive into this week, you know, Carlton, they were crushed, and I don't mean in terms of the score, but they were crushed by that after-the-siren goal that Robbie Gary kicked against them. But this week, they got one of their own when Jack Noon's kicked one from about 45 meters out after the Horn to beat the Dockers. But it looks like they might have made the wrong call, that the umpires might have made the wrong call on the play. And in fact, the AFL has kind of fessed up and said, yeah, we made a bit of a mistake. Maybe it shouldn't have been him that uh, that was taking the kick. So... It looked like it should have been uh, Michael Gibbons who was taking the kick uh, because where the ball went out of bounds, it was actually closer to Gibbons. And, you know, if if the uh, the AFL has an award for the best acting job, I think that Jack Noon's should be nominated for that this year because he was well away from the ball, and he ended up getting to be the one to take the kick about 10 meters closer to the goal than uh, Michael Gibbons was. So, you know, like I said, the AFL did come out and they said, yeah, we kind of made a bit of a mistake here. And that Gibbons should have been given the free kick. And it's a tough break for the Dockers. And I feel I feel, I feel bad for Dockers supporters because they had won two in a row. They were starting to play with some confidence. This was basically an eight-point turnaround for them because Carlton is, is right, you know, a spot or two ahead of them on the ladder uh, on the outside of the eight looking in. But this was this would have been something that gave the Dockers an opportunity to to jump up another spot or two and get themselves closer to making a push towards the the, towards the eight. I'm not saying they would have made it, but right now being four and seven, it's probably not very likely that they're going to get there. So and I could be wrong about that. They could rattle off five wins in a row here before it's all said and done. But, yeah, they've got five teams ahead of them outside of the eight. So they've got a lot of work to do they've got a pretty significant mountain to climb there and you know i was wondering what what do you what could the what could the league do to try to alleviate something like this from happening in the future because you know it's one of those oversights that if they looked at it somebody could have said oh crap we made a mistake here we need to have you know this other person taking the free kick but you know i was wondering you know during the course of the game and we have uh situations where the the goal umpires want to have a play looked at because they they believe a ball went through and they believe it was a goal but they wanted to make sure it didn't touch the post or that it wasn't tipped or they believe it was behind and they want they want to in, you know ensure that we hear the voice of the umpire when that conversation is happening they have a microphone that projects into the stand so everybody can hear that or at least so the TV audience can hear that do the umpires that 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 ring the oval do they have any sort of communication devices on themselves where they're able to talk to the other umpires during the course of the game because I, I think that would be a great solution here because you know you look at at the photos and I put links to the uh the stories about this uh this mistaken uh free kick there were a couple of umpires that were relatively close to one another they looked like they were about 25 meters apart and maybe they were yelling at one another but wouldn't it be interesting if they happened to have just a little earpiece in with a microphone attached to it you know kind of like a walkie-talkie type situation where they could communicate with one another to help make sure that they're marking the ball properly in the same spot I mean I think that would alleviate you know a situation like we saw this week you know you can't stop the game necessarily in that situation to do the score review because again you know when you're doing this you know like like you do with the score review the game has already stopped then okay you know, either you're going to set back up for a center bounce, or the defense is going to get the ball at the goal square and kick it out and start working the ball back up the field. I don't think something like the NFL has, if you watch the NFL where they have like the coaches challenge, I don't think that would work because there's so much dead time in the NFL that it allows the coaches to hear from their their coaches up in the in the press box in the coaches' offices and holler and say, hey, yeah, this is a play we think we could get, you know, we could get overturned, so they can throw their little red flag on the field. Footy is too free flowing; it it moves too fast. There's not the stoppages in footy that would allow that sort of thing to happen, because if they did that, it would then allow, you know, depending upon the situation, it might allow the defense to to position themselves, or if there happened to have been more time on the clock to allow offensive players to get, you know, into the forward 50 or whatever the case may be to try to take a mark if there was enough time, you know, if it wasn't a kick where the siren was going to be ending, ending the game. So, you know, I didn't know if that would be something that would be feasible, but if you've got any ideas on how that would uh, be something that could be resolved, I'd love to hear from you on that because I I think that's a situation that was a bit of a stain, if you will, on the uh, on the game there. Now, the last story I wanted to touch on today was one where It was a stark reminder for us that uh, that this game that we all love, that teenagers are playing this game at the highest level and teenagers don't always make the best of choices. I had a uh, an art teacher who taught down the hallway for me in my in the high school that I work in. And uh, every time the kids would leave class on a Friday, she would always tell her classes and and she, you know, great lady, love her to death. She was She was right out of, you know, I'm sure she was at Woodstock, but she would always, you know, holler at the kids, you know, make good choices, make good choices. And, uh, yeah, well, somebody should have told Elijah Taylor that. And if you hadn't seen the story, you know, the Swans, uh, young gun, Elijah Taylor has been suspended for the rest of the season because he snuck his girlfriend into his apartment at the Jundalup resort, which is just North of Perth. And that's a no, no. He wasn't allowed to do that. And I, you know, from what it sounds like, the uh, the Western Australian government is having, you know, a much different set of rules than, say, in Queensland. Now, the thing is, though, is that she had already quarantined. She had come over from New South Wales. She had spent 14 days in quarantine in Western Australia in a separate location. Now, did Elijah Taylor go to visit her there? I have no idea. I'm not speculating on that. I don't have a clue. I would have a feeling, though, well, and heck, I don't even know how long the Swans were in, in, uh, Perth at the time, but, uh, she snuck in, was caught. I guess they hadn't figured out how she was going to leave. And, uh, he's been suspended for the rest of the season. So he's going to miss the last five games of the year. And this is a you know tough lesson for him. It's an expensive lesson for him. It's an expensive lesson for the club because he was fined $25,000 and the club also had $25,000 that was garnished from next year's soft cap. And from what we're hearing, there are already discussions about you know, lowering the salary cap and lessening the amount of money it'd be able to be spent in the soft cap simply because of the, the loss of revenue this year with, the, uh, with COVID-19. So like I said, it was a tough lesson for him to learn Here's hoping that, that this ends up being the only transgression that he has during his career and he can regain the trust of his teammates. And we had a situation similar to this back here um, with my favorite baseball team, the Cleveland Indians in Major League Baseball. You know, we, you know, I talked about this in an earlier episode that uh, we've had some spikes in Major League Baseball where the... Miami Marlins and the Philadelphia Phillies and the St. Louis Cardinals had, they had their teams shut down for a while and were not playing because of a, a significant outbreak of COVID-19 within their clubs. Well, while the Cleveland Indians were in Chicago playing the White Sox, one of the players who was, grew up in the area snuck away from the team hotel to go meet up with some of his friends. He got caught by the team. He fessed up, he confessed and said, yep, I did it. And they put him into a car service, like, a, a I don't know if it was a limo, but somebody drove him back to Cleveland, a seven-hour drive. Because again, you know, they don't know if he's uh, been exposed to something. And uh, well, it turns out that uh, one of his uh, teammates, another pitcher on the team, had gone out with him and... When he was and it was, I think he was kind of caught at it as well, but he was a little less than truthful. He didn't fess up like, oh, hey, you caught me. And he, both of them have been basically suspended by the team and sent to their alternative training site. So, you know, normally in, in baseball, you have the major league team and then you have several minor league teams playing it at lower levels. There's a triple A team, which is like the next highest one. So the Cleveland Indians have teams that are in, you know, they have the Cleveland team then they have one in Columbus, Ohio. One in Akron, Ohio. They have, um, they used to have one in Kinston. I don't think they're there anymore. They have a single A team as well, um, which is, oh, in Lake County, which is about an hour or so east of Cleveland. Then they have a couple like rookie teams as well, where they have some of the younger players that are learning to play the game, possibly becoming a major league player down the road. Well... Their alternative team right now is playing in, or the team members, there's about 30 of them, are participating in a training camp at the Lake County facility. So they're playing simulated games, they're getting at bats, they're, you know, they're, they're taking ground balls, they're participating in baseball activities in case they need to get called back up to the Major League roster. Well, these two guys, who are both starting pitchers, one of them, one of the best pitchers in the game, has been sent to this camp and basically said, we'll call you back up or when we want you back up here. Because several of their teammates were unhappy because of the, uh, the, the trust issue here. A couple of the players had said that had, um, had the second player who, told, who didn't tell the truth, had he been allowed to, uh, I think actually they did not let him on the plane. They made him drive home as well or get a ride home. But had he been allowed to get on the plane that, that several players had said they were going to leave the team, that they were not going to participate with the team um, because of that, that trust issue. And what makes this even worse is that the Indians have a player, one of their other pitchers, one of their other starting pitchers, a gentleman by the name of Carlos Carrasco who is pitching tonight, I actually have the TV turned on next to me with the volume turned off, he he battled leukemia last year. So he, he missed most of the season due to, leuke- you know, battling cancer. So he has a compromised immune system, and here are these guys, you know, and again, they both tested negative, and chances are they were going to test negative, but good grief, that is pretty damned reckless on your part. If you're going to go ahead and say, you know what? I care so little about my teammate, somebody who I, you know, I really embraced and loved last year and gotten along great with. I'm going to go ahead and care so little about him because I'm important enough that I need to go spend time with my friends. You know, violating the team rules. So the violation of team rules thing is not something that's happening just in the AFL. It's not happening with, uh the wives of you know, players going out and getting their hair done and that type of thing. So it's all over. You know, I, I can't imagine what's going to happen with the NFL when they begin playing here in a few weeks. That is going to be very interesting. Now, again, the NFL, the one luxury they have is that they'll basically be able to, you know, if they're flying, you know, if they're playing a game on Sunday, they may fly Friday evening to where they're playing the away game Stay at the hotel, you know. Maybe Friday night, have a walk through on Saturday. Get up, play the game on Sunday, and then fly home after the game. So there's not going to hopefully be much of an opportunity for them to get out into foreign territory, if you will. So it's just I think it's irresponsible. You know, I'm, you know, I have a lot of people who I work with again who are concerned about what's going to happen at our school because we go back to school. Well, the kids come back in about 10 days but we go back we have our first staff day it was we begin begin prepping the year and right now we're scheduled to have the kids in our classrooms five days a week once the once the year starts up but you know people have concerns about uh, the health aspect of this well we're you know we're gonna have you know hundreds of kids strolling through the hallways we don't know who's been exposed to what we don't know what illnesses people may have so we're trying to put things in place the same thing is going on in australia in the schools there so, but there is concern. So you know, look out for one another, be safe, be healthy, you know, just you know do what you can to to look out and you know help keep yourself as safe as possible. So before I wrap up today, I wanted to get into my tips for this week. Again, I'm no expert. Don't use my advice as a, as a uh, wagering tool. This is purely for entertainment purposes only, and uh, well, it's debatable just how entertaining it actually is. So last week, I, uh, I finished up seven out of nine. It's two weeks in a row that I've gotten GWS and Fremantle wrong. I'm going to go with the AFL's uh, statement about the Carlton game, and I'm going to just pretend that I sort of got the Fremantle game right. <laughs> so we've got uh, the Sir Douglas Nichols round, and I am working on an episode about Sir Douglas Nichols that's going to be a standalone episode to talk about him you know, those of you who live in Australia, you are familiar with him. You know about him. But those of you in the United States, I think you're going to be fascinated to, to hear about this this gentleman, in many ways, kind of a Renaissance man, because he did so many different things. I think that, you know, and I, from what I've gathered in the reading, in many ways, his life parallels in certain aspects, the life of Dr. Martin Luther King. So it, it, it's, it's been a very interesting journey to read about him, to research this, to dig into things. And I'm hoping to have some, a really fascinating angle on this. I'm waiting for some confirmation on some things, but I'm, I'm very excited about some news that I can't share yet. And I'm hoping to be able to do this in the next, uh, in the next several days, but I'm, I'm really excited about it. So let's get back to the tips for this week. We, you know, we've got the first game being played up in Darwin, Gold Coast and Carlton. And I've got Gold Coast winning this one by eight points. This is the first of the two games that are being played up in TIO Stadium in Darwin. Jackson Clark, hoping, I'm hoping that you're able to have gotten tickets for it. I hope you're able to get in. Carlton won with uh, Jack Noon's uh, after the buzzer goal in round 12, but I think the Suns are going to be able to get them this round. They've played several close games over the last month, and I think that they're going to win this one with the Blues. The temperatures are forecasted to be in the low to mid 30s for this contest with uh like 65 to 70% humidity. So it's going to be a rather damp day and as Jackson Clark said in the the most recent episode uh that I had released, he said, you know, even the you know a dry day in uh in Darwin is 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 sometimes wetter than a wet day in Melbourne. So you know, this is going to be a close game, and whoever happens to have the best endurance, I think, is going to come out on top of this one. So I'm going to go with uh, Gold Coast and the fact they've maybe got some younger legs than uh, than the Blues have. Then we've got the Ds and the Bulldogs. And I'm going to go ahead and pick the Ds in this game by 10 points. The Bulldogs, they they feasted on the Crows last week. They more than doubled them up. They added several points to their percentage but the D's have righted their ship. They've won three in a row after they you know, got trounced by the Lions and by the power. And they seem to be playing really inspired footy right now. And I think they're going to knock off the Bulldogs this week. Now, this this could be closer if Max Gohan doesn't play. I think he he may be back healthy enough to play. I don't know yet. I haven't seen anything. But I think the D's have figured out how to compensate for him in his absence. They did so, certainly, you know, going up against Brody Grundy. So... I'm going to go ahead and take the Ds in this game over the Bulldogs. Then Port Adelaide and Hawthorne. And I've got Port Adelaide getting off to Schneid on this one, getting up off the canvas. Schneid is kind of just like a little slang term that I used to use. I don't know where I've heard it from before, but it's uh, it's something I heard back when I was a kid. You know, the, the, the power got steamrolled last week by the Cats, but I think they're going to bounce back. You know, the Hawks are going to be without James Sicily, who had an ACL injury, who's going to be out for most of next year as well. Hopefully he recovers, you know, quickly. Hopefully he gets healthy. You know, I'm watching a, a player for the Cleveland Indians who was able to accelerate his, uh, he heard an ACL in June of last year and was back, would have been ready to play in like April of this year. So he had it turned around in about nine months. Um, but I think the power are going to find out a way to, to get some of their young scoring options, you know, uh, Durisma and, and the likes to, uh, to score some goals here. So I think that's going to help to diversify their attack because they seem to really rely or try to get the ball to Charlie Dixon exclusively. And those young guns they've got up front, they've got a lot of kids that can kick goals. They just didn't do a great job of getting them to them. So I've got Port Adelaide beating Hawthorne by 22 and Richmond and Essendon. And I've got the Tigers taking this one by three goals, by 18 points. This is the Dreamtime game. Again, this is the second game being played up in Darwin. And the Tigers are ramping up to play finals again. And the Bombers, they seemingly are looking for an identity over the last few rounds. I, I think they have uh, the, the dysfunctional mantle. That, that the D's had earlier in the season. I think that the Bombers have seized that from them. And they're really struggling to figure out who they are. And yeah, I think this is this is certainly a rivalry game, but I think the Tigers are just are too strong for them. And I think they take this one by three goals. Now we've got Sydney and Fremantle. And I'm gonna take the Swans in this game by eight points. Okay. And last week I think was a a huge step forward for the Swans club did anybody else see them beating gws by 41 points i know i didn't and and the swans you know they're young they're fast they play with a lot of energy so do the so do the uh so do the the dockers but i'm just going to go on 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 a limb here and pick this and the dockers are going to be a little uh you know devastated by that loss to the uh to the blues now again if it's a it's i've got it as an eight point game so this could certainly go either way you know, I don't know what the weather's going to be like in Perth, but it seems like every game that I have turned on since Gold Coast, I'm sorry, since uh, West Coast and uh, the Dockers have headed back home, there's been rain almost every single game. Yeah, I don't think Fremantle has played a dry game since they've been back, have they? Been a lot of rain. So I, I think the Dockers are going to make this close, but I, I went ahead and took the Swans kind of in an upset by eight points. And then we've got Geelong and Adelaide, and I've got Geelong winning this one by 29 points. The Crows battled early last round against the Bulldogs. It was very close in the first quarter, but after that, the, uh, the Dogs pulled away and they doubled up the Crows. I think this week we're going to see a similar result. You know, the, uh, the Cats, they realize that they've got an opposition, you know, an opportunity, I should say, to, uh, to add to their percentage, which is already pretty solid here. But they have to also realize they cannot simply say, "Well, yep, we're going to go ahead and uh, we've got this game in the bag." They have to go out and play the game. You can't just play it on paper. You know, on paper they should win by a significant margin, but they have to play the game. Now the cats may rest some players here. You know, they've got uh, this game with the uh, the crows, and they've got the bulldogs, and then they have their bye week. So this may be an opportunity where they try to give. Maybe somebody arrest? Who knows? Um, supposedly uh, Gary Ablett is going to be heading back into the hub in Queensland here very soon, and possibly be back with the team for the last couple of rounds of the uh, of the regular fixture. Be great to see him back. You know, very sorry to hear about the passing of his mother-in-law. But I think the Cats are going to take this one. They should take it rather handily. Now we've got Brisbane and St Kilda. And I'm going to go ahead and take the Lions in this game by seven points. Again, I think this is a very close one. You know, the Lions, they ground out a victory against, you know, North Melbourne last week. And again, hat tip to North Melbourne. They played inspired footy against the, uh, against the Lions. They came up a little short. And I think that the uh, the strong offense, you know, even though they struggle to kick goals, um, they because uh, they kick a lot of behinds, they're not terribly accurate. I think that this is going to be an opportunity for the uh, the the Lions to get a win. You know, the Saints bounced back last week from their loss to the Cats, and they're going to definitely keep this close. And I think this will be the closest game of the week. And, of course, I won't be shocked if the Lions do drop this one. Or should I say, I won't be shocked if the Saints do win this one. And we've got two more games. We've got West Coast and GWS, and I'm going to take West Coast over the Giants by 14 points. You know, the Giants are are playing underwhelming footy right now. A lot of talent on that team. Now, they should be bringing Toby Green back this week, from what I have read, so that should be a boost to them. Should help them out. But I think this is West Coast's last game before they head back to Queensland, so I think they're going to want to leave on a high note. So we shall see what happens there, but I think West Coast is going to take this one by uh, by 14. You know the, the You know, the... West Coast has won seven games in a row, and they should take this one as well, I think. And the last game of the weekend, and maybe we call this one an upset as well. I've got North Melbourne beating Collingwood by 10 points. And, you know, uh, let's be honest Collingwood was outclassed by the D's last week. They have a ton of injuries, they're playing a lot of young kids. And the Roos, they battled hard against the Lions. Now I think I think that North goes ahead and carries forth those efforts this week, and they upset the the Magpies, who their list is is in many ways rather depleted. Hopefully they'll start getting some players back, but they, they are just beat up right now. That's why I posted a couple weeks ago that they were kind of like a mash unit. You know they uh, they're starting to play more youngsters, and in similar fashion to the Swans, they're starting to figure some things out while playing at the highest level, and that's that's the ruse, okay. Now, here's hoping that Brody Mychek uh, feels better very soon. I know he was in the hospital. I don't know if he's still there or not, but uh, hopefully he gets healthy soon because there's yet another player who's probably not playing this weekend. Well, there's my uh, tips for this week, okay? And uh, don't take my advice. I am simply, you know, putting this out here for fun, and I definitely don't know what I'm talking about, Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, don't forget that if you'd like to sign up on that mailing list, you'd be one of the first to get a, uh, new, the new episodes delivered to you in your inbox when they come out. So that list is, uh, that the sign up for that is on the show notes. Just click on that link. It'll take you right to a little question form. It's got, I think, three or four questions on it. I'd love to add you to that list so I can go ahead and get that uh, episode out to you when it, uh, when it comes. Also, if you've got an idea for a show topic or something that you want to discuss or someone who you think will be a great guest on the podcast, by all means, feel free to drop me a DM on Twitter or shoot me an email. Remember, it's a yankonthefooty at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. I got a fantastic email this morning from Tim Mitchell, and he sent a 10-page document of some things that he'd been highlighting and working on and, and detailing in terms of how he thinks the game could possibly be improved i perused it a little bit this morning i didn't uh i didn't dig too deeply into it uh, i was having my coffee and some toast i am going to dig back into that and look a little bit more closely but uh tim i appreciate you sharing that with me it's very likely heck i'm just going to say it i'm going to be reaching out to you hopefully get you on the podcast as a guest so we can talk about that document and some of the proposals that you have because there are some rather interesting ones there, you know. I, I don't want you know. I, I'm not going to get on there and say, well, here's what I came up because it 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 was your work that you came up with here. So, I you know I hopefully in the near future, and this may not be until after the uh, the season ends, uh, that we'll uh that we'll be able to do that interview. We'll see because things are are going to start getting hectic for me here very soon because I I work as a public address announcer as well as teaching, and uh, we've just gotten the okay from the governor of our state to actually play games this year. Uh, There was concern about whether or not they were going to allow high school football or high school soccer to be played. He today said, well, you know what, school districts, it's up to you. If you decide to play, you can play. So I have a feeling that our school district will end up playing So I work, I announce the soccer games and I announce the, uh, the football games as well. So I, I'll be doing that quite a bit. And that usually runs through from the end of August until the first or second week of October. So I've got about a six or eight week period of time there where I'm really busy doing that several nights a week. So I'm not sure how many interviews I'll be able to do at that time. I'm hoping to squeeze some in on the weekends or even after school, uh, from, from my classroom or even later in the evening's whatever the case may be. But Tim, I do appreciate you sending that note to me. There's some really interesting stuff in there, okay? Now, I did want to, you know, give a quick shout-out. Uh, you know, I appreciate those of you who are listening. You know, the, the vast majority of you who are listening are in Australia, about 62 63%, about 35% of you in the United States. But I did want to say thanks to those of you who have checked into the podcast from Ireland, also from Puerto Rico and the Czech Republic recently. It's great to have you know some people from different parts of the world. I've had uh, some people from Vietnam that have tuned in as well. I think I'm up to having people in 25 different countries, I believe, that have listened to the podcast. I never thought that would have been the case, and I'm 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 so I'm so um, in so much you know debt for you for listening. You have my gratitude for tuning in. I'd love it if you'd share the podcast with your friends and your family. Send them a link in an email. You know, copy and paste a link in their, uh, in a text message to them. Heck, get on, you know, Snapchat or something and tell them how wonderful it is if you like it. If you don't, say, hey, listen to this guy. He's a knucklehead. Go ahead and tune in. You can laugh at him, uh, whatever the case may be. But, you know, don't forget that while you can find <laughs> all of the episodes of the podcast at com, you can also find it on your favorite podcast provider. And now that you've listened, I hope you'll consider giving me a, a rating on Apple Podcasts. It's easy. You just go to Apple Podcasts and search out a yank on the footy and go there and give me a rating. If I've earned a five-star, I'd love one. I I'd, I'd truly appreciate your honesty. Tell me what you think. Tell me where I can improve, okay? Um, don't forget that you can reach me, as I said earlier, at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. You can also find me at yank underscore on on Twitter and on Facebook and Instagram at a yank on the footy. I'd also like to thank Mr. Joseph McDade for using a couple of pieces of his music. Uh, Mr. McDade's created some fantastic music. You can find Elevation and Backplate and many more at josephmcdadecom music. Again, sir, thanks for your hard work. Now, those of you who are listening in Victoria, stay safe. Keep looking out from one another. From what I'm seeing on Twitter, it looks like the numbers are trending in the right direction. I hope that's the case. Because I I know that you want to you know get this thing kicked in the butt and get it over with, but look out for one another. Don't forget to uh, to call one another, talk to each other, reach out to that friend, even even the one you don't think needs to have somebody talking to them, because they may be the one that's in uh, the most dire need of talking to somebody. So don't be afraid to reach out to somebody to talk to them just to see if they're okay. Make sure they're all right. You know, reach out to your family members. Okay. You know, ho- holler, you know, holler over the, the fence in the backyard your neighbor. Make sure they're doing okay as well. All right. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening. Because while many of us are fans of our teams deep down, we're fans of a game that we all love. And that's the game of footy. Now, those of you who are listening here in the U.S., we've got seven games that are on this week. Unfortunately, you won't get to see my cats. Uh, but uh, on Friday, Friday morning, the Suns and Blues are playing. Friday evening you've got the Bulldogs and Demons. They're on FS2. And then on Saturday, you've got uh, a couple of games at 2.30 and 5.30 in the morning on FS1. You've got Port Adelaide and Hawthorne. You've got Essendon and Richmond as well. And then on Sunday at 1.30 and then 4 o'clock on FS2, you've got Brisbane and St. Kilda and then West Coast and GWS. And then on Monday morning, At 5 a.m. on ESPN2, you've got Collingwood and North Melbourne. So those of you who are listening here in the States or in Canada, I know that TSN carries a different set of games. I think they'll carry five or six of them there. I don't have those listed. But remember, those of you who are here, Australian Rules Football, its why they invented the DVR. Again, thanks so much for listening. I ask that you consider sharing the podcast with your friends and family. And may your dribble kick. Never hit the post. I'll catch you later. This has been episode number 43 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or to footy at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at A Yank on the Footy. Again, thanks for listening, ladies and gentlemen. And until next time, stay safe and goodbye.